This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast illuminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. From the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location, this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. For our guest today, we're uh, we're honored and uh, really excited to welcome Doug Whitnavell, architect, teacher, artist, author, illustrator, and designer. Doug is also faculty lecturer at UC Berkeley Extension. You can find him on the web at his uh, LinkedIn page at LinkedIn at Doug Whitnavell. That's Doug, W-I-T-T-N-E-B-E-L. Doug, thanks for being here. Really happy to uh, to, to to be with you. Yes, sure. I'm I'm happy to be here as well. Let me do a little slight uh, correction on the pronunciation there. Please, so Whitnable. Yeah, Whitnable. So there's that on the first syllable, Whitnable. So yeah, you got it almost. So anyway, Doug Whitnable. Excellent. Thank you for that correction. I appreciate it, Doug. Doug. Sure. You know, we talked about before we got on the show is, uh, you know, a, a quote or an axiom that uh, that you may or may not have. And I wanted to see if, if something really sticks out for you. You know, I come across good quotes almost every day uh, and nothing seems to stick. Uh, but there's always inspirational quotes out there. So I think my quote of the day or quote of the week or quote of the year is um, it's something to the effect of when if you are in any doubt plant a tree and water it every day. So that's that's my mantra going forward now. That there, It's so obvious now that if there's anything that anyone can do with regards to where we are in the world with the crisis of climate and sustainability, uh, the best thing you can do is plant a tree. And so right now, it's if you're in any doubt, plant a tree and water it every day. That's my mantra. Doug, what does uh, sustainability mean to you? Well, it's uh, it's meant a lot of things to me in the past. Uh, but my first foray into sustainability was when I became a lot more aware of it through the LEAD organization. And from that point of view, sustainability was uh, more focus on this idea of getting a certificate and passing certain aspects of lead to achieve certain levels, whether it was silver or gold or platinum. And that's where um, I became a lot more, say, involved in sustainability was from the practical point of view. Um, and then that naturally carried over to projects that I was working on as an architect and as an interior designer, both um, tenant projects but also building projects and most of the time there was a focus on what are the various aspects of sustainability can we introduce to this project and say for example how far can we go in this project to achieve sustainability to its different degrees of certification um so that that was my initial foray into sustainability and it's been that way for the last 15 uh, maybe even 20 years now uh, I remember. Um, I remember when I was working over in uh, in the East Bay on a project, and this was early on when sustainability was just, say, sprouting. 
And um, there was a, a, a developer that we were working with, and we were asked to do a, a very large-scale interior project for him. And um, we were, at that point, I remember asking him, well, do you want to think, do you want to do this as a lead project? And he said, lead, lead schmied. I will never do a lead project. And this was 20 years ago, but this was one of those, oh my gosh, this is going to be a hard uphill road. And it has been, it was, and it has been a hard uphill road of talking with clients and explaining to them what this is all about. So long story short, it's my, my understanding of sustainability has always been from the practical aspect. Now, however, now that I am, uh, let's say, removed from the say practical aspect of, of say the working world and more independent of it i have a far more wider say understanding of sustainability and then it um it's widening every day especially through some of the research i'm doing for for example um, understanding how trees communicate and understanding the importance of trees and hence that initial mantra or quote that we were talking about, which was the importance of trees and the importance of understanding how how nature works and how trees work and how they communicate and what we as, uh, say, not only people, but as designers, what we really need to do is in terms of understanding what sustainability really, really means. So that was a really long answer, Tom. Sorry about that. I love it. How trees communicate. Share with us what that also means to you, the how the trees communicate. Well, it's uh, – I, I think I'll go back to – you know, I'm, I'm – as you know, I'm a very visual person. So um, I'm either – I usually do a drawing a day. Um, and whether that drawing is uh, posted on Instagram or posted on my drawing blog or posted somewhere um, – the first, say, aspect of really focusing on trees happened, I think it was June or July 2020. This was roughly two or three months post the uh, the onset of the virus and COVID. Um, and we were, myself and my family, we were traveling up in, uh, in some of the uh, Humboldt redwood forests and sequoia forests over in California. And we spent some time camping amongst those trees, amongst the giants. I call them the, I call them giants. Um, they're 1,000, 2,000 years old. And commenced doing some paintings, some illustrations of those. And that's when I first started understanding this is what they mean. This is what they're all about. Um, I, I'm a big believer in drawing and, and spending time painting what you observe. I have a a photograph is an instant, but a drawing is a is a memory and a memory that that is instilled for quite some time. So, for me, living and camping among the trees got me going in a direction where I actually came across a couple of uh, of books that have that have turned me around and um, really got me thinking in a completely different way about trees. So. The short answer or the long answer to your question, how they communicate, they, they, what they're really communicating through is their, through their root system, their network system that links together when you have a grove of trees or a, uh, say a, a, a large forest, the roots are connected and they communicate and they, they talk to each other. They send signals and they, they say, they'll tell each other, hey, on the far end of the forest there, there's a fire happening. We better start trying to 
prepare ourselves for the potential fire coming in our direction. Or there's insects that are starting to come. The pine beetles are coming. So that communication system um, is now known as a as a scientific fact. And once you start thinking about that, then you really understand that these sentient beings, as we call them or think about them, they're talking to each other. They're communicating, but in a very different, say, way or language that, say, we as Homo sapiens are understanding. Now, how about the, the uh, education and why that's uh, obviously so important and really matters much to you obviously that's communicating as well how was a how when did you really you know know that you were in, in a lot of sense an educator as well as an architect a designer an artist that but you're also educating people yes i am um i am i'm um i'm continuing to do so so prior to my i think i'd mentioned to you this in, in some of our past conversations prior to myself moving to uh, Japan and, and Thailand for 12, 13 years. Um, I was teaching over in uh, San Francisco at a school called CCAC, or which is now called CCA. They dropped the C, they dropped the craft, um, but also uh, Academy of Art. So I was teaching at a couple of institutions over there prior to going to Japan. And I was at that point in time just basically teaching drafting and drawing. Um, not not because I wanted to, but it was an additional, at that point, additional source of income. Um, younger days, needing more money. So I taught some classes at nighttime. Since that time, uh, coming back and, and living and working here in the Bay Area, um, I am now teaching. I was teaching up at Chico State and for the last year, and now I'm teaching, going to be teaching a new class that I developed in September at UC Berkeley Extension. And the whole idea behind teaching for me is um, you end up, you realize you've got, or we have, you included, we have a lot of knowledge that we've gathered. And a lot, some of it's a lot of baggage and some of it's baggage that we don't need, but we've got a lot of stuff that we've absorbed over our time here on earth. And I think one of the things that we need to do is realize that we've best thing to do is to pass that knowledge on. And for me, it's not just knowledge, but it's the idea of, of developing some skills. And the skills are observation, drawing, and painting, and understanding the world through those aspects. Um, so it's basically trying as much as possible to teach young kids, young students, how to draw, how to see, and how to draw, and hopefully get a better understanding of the environment within which they live. Excellent. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. We're talking today with Doug Whitnabel, architect, designer, educator, artist, a lot of great uh, um, adjectives to describe uh, Doug, but uh, I'll let him uh, carry on. For more information, feel free to visit his LinkedIn profile at Doug, and you spell Doug's last name is W-I-T-T-N-E-B-E-L. Doug, again, share with the the uh, the artistic facet of your uh, your life. It's uh, I look forward to every single thing you, that you, that you do. I think you're one of the finest in the world. I really mean that sincerely. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm sorry, it makes me laugh, but I, 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 I hey, I truly appreciate it. I love hearing that. But um, oh, I'm being yeah, sincere let's... when I say that as well. Well, thanks. Thank you. So what was the, the question was, tell me a little yeah, bit more about... What, what inspired you to 
do your sketches, to do your artwork, and to continue uh, to do so, even at the at the you know, prolific rate of one per day. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 that question, I always, I see that question. Um, I, th- I see it in the New York Times. I see it in the in various aspects of magazines. That's that's always one of those. What inspires you? It, it's not even a case of what inspires me. It's it's ju- it's just a natural inclination. I'm not I'm not inspired. I'm not. Um, it's not. Oh my gosh, I've got to draw that. Or oh my gosh, I'm going to paint that. It's just it's a natural. Um, I don't even have to be inspired. It's it's something that I do. It's basically just like eating or sleeping or doing anything else i draw and i paint it's it's another aspect of life that's just central for um it's almost like uh i hate to say this but it's almost like nutrition if i don't do it i i think maybe there's something that i'm missing in my life and i might start to lose out so it's just it's a natural urge and there's no inspiration involved at all it sounds like somewhat of a release in some ways as well. It is, of course, it's a natural release. Yes, it's it's a release of, say, uh, maybe a, a good way to describe it would be um, if you add fertilizer, if you add something to soil and something grows and something comes out, it's, it's something comes out of me after absorbing something over a period of time. So, yes, I've absorbed uh, many things over over many years and many travels, and as a result of that, there are things that come out. I think probably um, you can think of that in terms of the role of a painter. You can also certainly think of that in terms of the role of a musician. Hmm. Um, you always understand that musicians are expressing themselves through sound, through their instruments, and it's something that's inside of them that they most likely feel a need to release or feel a need to express. And so that's 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 a good way to think about it for myself is that there is something inside of me that I feel the need or I feel the desire to express that. And for me, I've been blessed with this with this talent to be able to draw or paint primarily almost anything that I want to or need to. Um, and if there's any inspiration involved, it's I'm sometimes inspired by what I do create, I put it down. I come back the next day and look at it and go, "Wow, that's damn, wow! I'm I'm surprised I did that. That's great." So that's maybe that's a that's the it's post inspiration. I think that where I'm where I'm a lot more involved in, in terms of the the understanding of inspiration. So yeah, it's a it's a it's an innate desire to allow myself to express and draw and paint and and let it out. Doug, also, where would you? Uh... Tell your audience today where they can go to if they feel free to go to to view your work. Well, I think the uh, these days the primary oh I, okay I, the, <laughs> I have a blog called Drawing on the World. You can just type in Drawing on the World and you can actually add my name on there. But that's my standard blog that I've had for. It's funny I look out at it. I think it started in two thousand eight. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a standard blog format that you let's see you can get a really good idea from when that started till present day of the transformation of mostly analog drawings to digital drawings. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm Doug the Architect. Uh, A R C H I T E K. Doug the Architect on Insta- Instagram. Um, those are probably the two main ones but there's also i have a formal website that's dougwitnable.com this that's a very simple basic one dougwitnable.com it's a it's a very 
broad website, meaning it it's, uh, shows more my more recent landscape or abstract landscape paintings that I'm working on. Mm. I'm I'm, by the way, I'm preparing for a show in October. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna have an art show in October, and um, I'm preparing for that. So the website shows some large scale. Uh, canvas paintings I'm working on, and it also includes a whole memory bank of uh, travel drawings from travels in primarily Japan and Hong Kong and Bangkok and Vietnam and various locations in the in the in Asia and the U.S. Uh, so DougWhitnable.com or Doug the Architect on Instagram or Drawing on the World, those are the three places or spaces or web locations that you can take a look at some of my work. Excellent. If you're at liberty to share, Doug, what what, uh, recent projects are you working on? Oh, yeah. I'm actually, um, you know, I, I, I left or I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this. I didn't plan to leave, but I was, uh, I, I'm no longer at the large design firm that I was at when we had our mm-hmm. conversation four years ago. Um, I am on my own, and hence all the say the titles that I put after my name: architect, artist, teacher, etc. Um, but I am still practicing in, as an architect. And one of the projects that just was completed was a co-working space that has just opened up on Telegraph mm. Avenue in Oakland. And this is for a, it is a, it is a, I guess a three-story or four-story housing uh, project. And what I was involved in was one of the the ground floor co-working spaces. And so, um, along myself, along with a a furniture company out of Concord, um, we put together a package of design. And part of that package was the idea of completing a mural inside of the space and the mural, the image of the mural ties into the image and atmosphere of the whole space. So you get a little bit of this, uh, there's a German term called Gesamtkunstwerk, which is uh, an altogether package of, of design, meaning the wall design, the lighting design, the furniture design, the floor design. Um, um, it's not a, a week where we work space. It's a co-working space. So I, that was just completed. That opened up last month. And um I think they took some professional photographs. So I'm I'm quite happy that um, even though I'm not working for a design firm now, I'm still able to contribute to designing spaces that people can enjoy. Yeah, very multifaceted for sure. What's changed in your experience over the last several years, especially since the uh, the the pandemic, working as a as an architect? Uh, I would. What's changed the bit? Well, for me, the biggest thing that's changed is that um, now that I'm not. Uh, going to work every day. Uh, let's okay. say that's probably the best thing. I'm not on the. I'm not on the clock. Okay. Now I um, have a lot more flexibility in terms of what what I can ideally focus on. So there's a much better uh, work life balance. Um, years ago, uh, I remember. You may remember this. There was a magazine. It still exists, but it, it's called Fast Company. Mm-hmm. And Fast yeah. Company was always focused on this work-life balance. You know, how do you balance your life and your work? And there was hundreds of articles about how to ideally balance that. Well, I do feel now um, that I've finally reached a, a, a balance point between dedicating time to life and dedicating time to actually work. Um, so I, for me, that's the that's the biggest change. I'd have to say, however, when I when I read a lot of the 
blogs or comments or things on, say, on LinkedIn, which is my primary network for information, there is a lot of focus on this idea of remote work and people working at home and whether is the office dead or is the, is the, is the office dying um, and will it ever come back or will remote work stay and is it going to increase? So for me, that's, that's and for not just for me, but that's for really for many people in, in the business is uh, a lot of questions are, What's going to be happening with remote work, and what's going to be happening with the office as we go forward? So I, I think that's a that's a, a big thing that also I'm, I'm focusing on, and, and in many ways hoping to contribute to the positive side of that. We'll touch back on on, on your painting and and sketches. Yes. In your experience, is it teachable to a level that you uh, you practice it? Maybe it's oh, a loaded it. question. No, it's not a loaded question at all. It's, it's actually it's loaded, and I'll and I'll fire back at it because it's basically that's the essence of what I do in teaching now. Um, uh, the this last semester, or actually not last semester, but the spring, fall semester and spring semester teaching at Chico State was primarily remote teaching. Mm. Uh, I did go up drive up to Chico State, and it's a fascinating area up there. I didn't know very much about it. Um, it's close to where that Paradise Fire was. But the teaching was done via Zoom to, uh, I think I had about 25 students in the class, and it was teachable. It was teachable, meaning that I was able to, especially through the remote aspect of it, because using cameras and using uh, another software called Miro, I was able to teach each and every one of those students how to draw and what to draw and what they need to look look at to practice drawing and this was this was a program that's focused on interior architecture um, mm. but it, it applies to architecture as well but this particular uh, degree at Chico State is interior architecture um, that's probably one of my specialties as, as a designer is designing from the inside out and if you do remember um, you know your conversations with Art Gensler that's one of the things that he's always was focused on is this idea of designing from the inside out. Um, there's plenty of architects that talk about designing from the outside, but there are not as many architects that talk about designing from the inside, and and the result is uh, what happens on the outside. So, but long story short, again to answer your question, yes, it's very teachable, and my uh, ex my ex my experience at teach teaching at Chico State is now going to carry over to teaching at Berkeley. It will also be another remote course, but it's going to be different. It's a, it's a new course that I've wrote or have written, and I'm going to be uh, implementing that course over a class, 15 classes uh, starting in mid-September, and I look forward to that. It's going to be, basically the long story short is moving from analog to digital and using mm. the, the iPad as a, as a digital sketchbook. That's the main idea. It's going to be the iPad as a digital sketchbook, as a tool for design. Outstanding. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast with Sierra Clad. We're talking today with Doug Whitnable. For more information, feel free to visit his LinkedIn profile at Doug Whitnable, and you spell Doug's last name, W-I-T-T-N-E-B-E-L. Doug, what uh, would you like to share with your audience today that uh, we may not have touched on? 
Oh, that's a nice hidden question. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I think we've actually touched on a lot, but I'm trying to think: is there something that we're that we haven't touched on yet? And I, um, we've talked about talked about education and teaching and sustainability and uh, nature and design. I would say one other aspect, and this is something that we talked about four years ago, and I'll, I'm going to bring it back up because I think it's one of those cool concepts or cool experiences. You may remember when I was telling you about the idea of a thin place, T H I N, a thin place. And that's uh, essentially this idea of um, where the material world touches the spiritual world. And it, there are what I would call thin places in the world. And so where is this leading, Doug? Well, <laughs> it's leading to um, another aspect that I think is, is important, and it's a little bit more difficult these days. But if there's anything that I would recommend to those of you who are in the design world, or not even in the design world, but um, travel, the essence of life for a lot of designers should be more focused on this idea of travel. You need to get out there. Um, I, I see and hear of so many um, folks that are staying at home and focus on their digital devices and focus so much on their digital devices that they're not aware of their surroundings and aware of their environment. So I'm a big believer in this aspect of travel and not just traveling, but experiencing new places. Uh, travel's wonderful and it's always fun to go back to a place that you're familiar with, but go to some place that you've never been to before and push yourself and go to a place where you don't speak the language. Go to a place that really challenges you because that's where your brain's going to grow. Even though you may feel that you don't have the aspect or the ability to increase your knowledge or push yourself in a certain direction, um, I'm a big believer in this aspect of travel. And what I do is not only travel, but I also do a drawing. Um, I do a drawing or a painting, and I even this last, uh, I'm looking here, even this last um, trip that we took with our family to Colorado, I brought a, what's called a, a mini sketchbook. Oops. Yeah, there's a, there, it's a mini sketchbook. So basically, this sketchbook was just drawing all the landscapes in Colorado and I think New Mexico and the Red Rocks in Denver, etc. So, and this this is the uh, museum in Santa Fe. So, bringing even something like this tiny little sketchbook here allows you, or allows the the traveler in this case, to document their journey and maybe even in a mini journal. So, I would say that's something else that I wanted to mention is the importance of travel to education and understanding the world. Doug, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you very much. You are so welcome, Tom. It's great to see you again, and um, I hope to let's just keep in touch. It'd be wonderful to hear more from you. Thank you very much, Doug. We definitely will. Our guest today has been Doug Whitnable, architect, teacher, artist, author, illustrator, and designer. Doug is also a faculty lecturer at UC Berkeley Extension. For more information, feel free to visit Doug and his LinkedIn profile at Doug, W-I-T-T-N-E, B-E-L. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast with Sarah Clapp. 
The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is recorded from the office of Sierra Clad in Redmond, Washington, and on location. The executive producer and host of the show is yours truly, Tom Durrell. Thank you for listening. <laughs>